Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for another edition of the Brett Allen Show. It's go time. You and me. Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. You felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said, throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of The Bright Island Show. Thanks for watching and listening. Today, we have a very special guest. Uh, I'm very excited. If you have <laughs> turned on your television at all once in the last 10 years or so, uh, <laughs> you have. if not, you need to, because uh, you will recognize our guests from so many amazing projects. Uh, and I'm just excited. Once upon a time, I think is a huge part of your career, but you've done so many other things. Uh, Rafael Savarge, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, no, it's great to be here, but thank you so much for having me. Well, I know you're currently working on another project, and I want to start there. I don't know how much of it you can talk about or how much is available to discuss, but I mean, you really, I think, are the example of like a hardworking actor. I mean, you just get your hands dirty in all the things. Uh, yeah, no, thank you. I mean, I, I, what what happened for me is, I think about 10 years ago, I just uh, migrated into directing and producing and, and it was uh, it wasn't one of those things like I had secretly wished to do this my whole life. Um, I was producing a project uh, with Ed Bigley Jr. and and the director was unavailable and I had to sort of step in. <coughs> And um, what uh, what happened was that I sort of found that storytelling and finding ways to kind of uh, uh, communicate through this new medium, which is obviously a visual medium and, and has lots of people that you get to work with and, and the collaboration of that and, and, and then bringing in sort of you know, experts, that is the camera expert and the lighting expert and the sound expert and the, and the composer and, and, and then working with them was very exciting. And, um, uh, just because I'm, I'm always so humbled by people's sort of, uh, extraordinary artistic, um, pursuit in a, in a, in a, in a very, in a specialized area that then has such an impact on the whole story and, and getting to work with them is, uh, is a privilege. So anyway, that, that kind of then opened up doors of kind of, uh, again, just, uh, finding ways, learning, uh, uh, there's so much to learn and, uh, you know, it's easy to become a film geek as it were, because there's just always more to sort of discover. Um, but yes, what, what I've, <coughs> what I've done is, um, I'm working on two projects sort of simultaneously. One is finished and uh, it's called Only in Theaters. And it is a, uh, a full-length documentary 
that has been doing the festival circuit and we're close to announcing um uh it opening uh <clears throat> i can't quite do that yet I, I guess i've teased that by saying that um and forgive me i've got a cough i had a i, <laughs> I ate a rice cake a second ago and it's <clears throat> a little bit caught in my throat that's okay um, um but i um uh, only in theaters is a documentary about a remarkable family a Hollywood family who run a art house cinema in Los Angeles with ties back to the origins of Hollywood. And um, it's called the Lemley Theaters. And they are uh, arguably one of the most uh, sort of renowned art houses in the country, other than maybe Angelica in New York. And they've, they're, they're, they have run this family business for uh, close to 100 years, and uh, we got to sort of follow them, uh, not just over the most 24 tumultuous months of their of their 100, you know, 85 year uh, history, but um, but also to sort of speak about uh, kind of um, going to the movies and how wonderful it is to go to the movies. And this is a family who has dedicated their lives and and their their personal mission to supporting filmmakers and the art of film and um, the impact of what they've done. I mean, they brought foreign film uh, to Los Angeles. Um, they have, you know, uh, really championed uh, just sort of a uh, sort of a who's who of filmmakers uh, over those years and and really helped create their careers. <clears throat> We, <laughs> pardon me. Hold on a sec. Drink some water. You're you're totally fine. I know how it is. It, it actually. Have you seen that? Did you ever watch The Office, uh, where Steve Carell eats the uh, tiramisu cake out of the trash can? <laughs> I. It's it's totally fine. We're we're very relaxed over here. So you're in good company. Thank you. Um, we got to speak to a lot of wonderful filmmakers, including Cameron Crowe, Avery Verne, oh, wow. James Ivory, uh, Bruce Stolt Rubin, wrote the screenplay to Ghost, won the Oscar for that. Uh, David, uh, um, oh, there's just a sort of a Allison Anders, uh, uh, you know, uh, Nicole Holoff Center, a lot of really wonderful, wonderful filmmakers who then, of course, also spoke about the Lemley Theaters and how it had impacted their lives and their their lives as, as filmmakers. Um, so that um, we're going to be, uh, uh, at, as of this moment, we've just announced that we're going to be at the Newport Beach uh, Film Festival in uh, October. We're going to be at the New Hampshire Film Festival uh, also in October. Um, and uh, then another festival in L.A. called the Awareness Festival. And um, and then, <clears throat> you know, getting to the end of the year, there'll be a lot more um, uh, news, I guess, to report. You know, you, there's a Facebook page called Only in Theaters, and I'd be able, um, I should be able to, uh, you know, if, you, if you're interested in following that, you can kind of go there. Um, the other project that I'm finishing uh, now uh, is a project called uh, 10 Days in Watts. Yes. And it's um, it's a uh, four-part docu-series that will be on uh, PBS in uh in I guess January 27th, but it's basically Black History Month. It's for the four weeks of Black History Month. And it <clears throat> it really is about a um it's in a way it's another family. It's a family, it's a three generations of a family who've dedicated their dedicated their lives to really uh 
really elevating and 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 improving the lives of the citizens of Watts and the surrounding communities. It's an organization uh, called the WLCAC, and and they are um, they've opened a garden, a farm, literally right in the middle of the most densely populated area of Watts. Yeah. And uh, right at the foot of one of the most notorious uh, uh, housing projects uh, called uh, Nickerson Gardens, and um, it, it is a uh, it is a collection of stories and uh, and lives. It is a sort of a patchwork mosaic of resilience. Um, it's a re- remarkable, remarkable people who have um, really. Uh, taken their hardships and really sort of converted them into really helping others and and being light being a lighthouse for others um we uh we shot it in april and um we're sort of in a mad rush to get it uh you know it, it it's it's the first time i've shot something with a hard air date um less than a year so um i i'm i'm really excited about it uh, kct has just been a wonderful uh creative partner and they they have um you know, turn out just incredible content. Uh, they get nominated for 20 Emmys every year. And so they, you know, they, they are um, a, a sort of a, a a really gold standard of, of really premium content, particularly ones that also then focus on uh, both Southern California, but then in this case also, you know, their, their content then travels, uh, you know, to the larger PBS kind of universe into, uh, into other uh in, into other cities around the country. So I, I I love working with them and I'm very excited about it. And uh will be a lot more announcements about that in the in the coming months. Yeah, I've been hearing and seeing about both of those projects. And that was part of what uh sparked me to reach out because I mean I think a lot of people are clearly familiar with your work, but I, I also find the other side that you mentioned the term storytelling, which I really like because I think that's how I see actors. <clears throat> I know some you know, they're like, well, I'm an actor and storytelling is a bit of a, an odd term for me to hear, but sure, I'll, I'll grant you that. <laughs> but I really do think that storytelling is really what it comes down to, because not only are you just portraying all these different characters or different people on television or in the movies, but you're also telling stories like these two projects that you just mentioned, which I think just lends to the fact that, you know, you had such a such longevity in your career because I mean you can sit around and wait for things to come and audition but also you can go out and create content too and I think there's a case to be made for that right I mean if maybe somebody might not have the resources per se but everybody has an iPhone right I think and or some sort of device and if you really want to create stories there's you really can right And, and you know and then I don't know. I counted like 22 streaming platforms the other day. I was talking to somebody. It's crazy. Um, Which leads me to my next question for you, you know, because you're creating these projects and obviously, you know, you have made connections to distribute them at this point, but um, what kind of case can be made, you know, for the fact that there are so many streaming platforms right now, and there are so many ways to get your content out. Um, Looking back at your career from when you got started, let's say you got started now, things are obviously much different than when you began, but how do, what, what advice would you give to somebody who might be struggling, uh, who wants to create something, but doesn't necessarily know or feel like they have the ability or the resources to kind of do it? Uh, Because 
if that question makes any sense, it's kind of a broad one, but I, I would love to hear uh, what you have to say about that. Right. <clears throat> well, I mean, look, um, uh, there are, as you say, just tremendous outlets for uh, for projects to uh, be found, discovered. I mean, Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, you know, being you know another another form of a platform, right? And and there are stories of of shorts that get turns into longs um, uh, that you know started um, as sort of elements of of an idea that were launched on those platforms that then you know uh, became something uh something much bigger i uh you know as as relates to kind of like i have an idea and i want to and i want to make a film or i want to make a project or i want to make i want to create something and be able to put it out you know i think my humble opinion is that the most important thing that you need <laughs> to create a project um, the one single thing that you need to to actually do something, uh, it, it is passion. Uh, it, it's a passion for your story, and and that it, it somehow. Um, I mean, I've never been someone who's sort of gone at things with trying to make career decisions that are based on or now as a director, you know, doing the right thing or trying to game, trying to game the system. Like if I do this, then I'll get that. Or if I, okay. you know, if I, if I, you know what, what I've, what I've tried to do, and maybe that's to a fault, you know I mean? Maybe I'd have some other opportunities if I, if I hadn't, but um, I am, um, I am absolutely uh, uh, focused on uh does the story move me? Does it actually light me up? Does it get me going and want to kind of like feel passion? And once I feel that passion, what I've discovered is that I, I can communicate it. And in communicating it, then I can get people engaged, wonderful, you know, other filmmakers, or in this case, you know, funders or networks, where you can say, God, this is this incredible story. And look why, look at all the connections and look, look at how amazing it is that wow. this happened or that happened. And, and, and from, from that passion, essentially, um, that that's the tide that raises all boats. Um, you know, there are ridiculously inexpensive, remarkable, even broadcast quality cameras that are available for so little money. And and um, how do you use it? Well, again, if you're if you have the passion for the story, then you can then you'll sit down and spend the hours trying to figure it out or how this camera works or how you basically uh, uh, get the most of it. And you'll find the, you know, the user groups or the Reddit groups or the, you know, whatever YouTube. it is. <laughs> YouTube is, is the unbelievable resource, of course. And, and you can do astonishing things with, you know, the simplest of tools. Um, uh, and there's so much, I mean, <laughs> no matter how passionate you are, there's always also just more and more and more. I mean, I, you, you know, there's, um, uh, I get very inspired listening to other filmmakers talk about, you know, what inspired them. So, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, listening to the, the masterclass series, you know, hearing Ron Howard talk about what inspired him or hearing, you know, any number of filmmakers, uh, there's so much available to us in terms of kind of being able to kind of connect the dots and, and give you, that is you, anyone, no, you don't have to be in Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like you can literally be, uh, uh, 
as far away from Hollywood as you can imagine and, and, and be able to sort of take your idea and take your passion and create something from that passion. Then that, then that then translates to then, you know, you being able to then speak about it, you know, on social media or, you know, essentially on one of these platforms. And, and, and that, um, that's something I've discovered. I, I didn't really even realize that. I mean, you know, I, there's so much that I don't know um, about filmmaking and there's so much that I'm so curious about. I, I had someone say to me once that they were, a, you know, this was an acting teacher who talked to me about being a student of, of the art. And he said, and I, I don't say that from a point of view of trying to be sort of falsely humble because this guy was an incredible teacher. Oh, no, I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> but 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 if you remain, if you have sort of a student brain, as it were, then what happens is that you just remain sort of insatiably curious about how, what, tell me what else, how does that work? What, what, you know, and, and looking at all the interesting facets of a, uh, of the problems of storytelling and how you do it and how these things get, um, uh, translated into a visual medium i mean um i find that endlessly exciting i get that sense and that vibe from you because i mean you know for you who who's had a very successful career you know you could simply just rely upon that if you maybe i don't know i'm just assuming a lot but the fact that you sort of have expanded your interest you know it's even doing a podcast really or a video cast I didn't know anything four years ago. I mean, there was no information out there now. I mean, there's tons of classes you can take and you can, I mean, there's hundreds of groups, but really you just kind of, if you have the passion, you have to figure it out. And I think that's the headline here in our conversation is, you know, um, and you did that too with acting. I know, I know if I understand correctly is to sort of segue here, you, you had parents that were sort of in the industry uh, and then, was it natural for you to pursue acting at that point because you kind of were semi-exposed to it? Or where was that moment for you where you decided that you wanted to pursue this as a as a vocation and as a career? Right. So I um I was on Sesame Street when I was four and um I was oh, living inside. And, and I basically, they were looking for new kids and um, I, I somehow, there was some connection made and I, and I went in. Um, uh, I, I ended up doing several, I have vivid memories of Big Bird and Oscar oh, and, wow. and, and Jim sat us on the, uh, uh, Mr. Hooper put, put us on a, put me on a donkey and talked to me about the difference between horses and donkeys. And <laughs> I, um, uh, anyway, I, I, my mother told me years later that they had offered me a contract and, and she had said no. And she, she was a working, you know, costume designer in New York city and uh, you know, uh, kind of in the crescendo of her career. And um, she said, you know, she didn't want to be a stage mother. She didn't want to sit there while I was, you know, uh, uh, you know, in the studio waiting for me to work. And, and she also said, you know, it's such a tough business. If you're going to, if you're going to do this, you have to want to do it on your own. Um, I don't want to be the one kind of just sort of kind of dragging you from place to place, which is, which was a profound thing. Cause I, I, it really speaks of someone who really understands deeply, uh, you know, the level of kind of, you know, the amount of rejection and or, you know, no 
that you walk into, as it were. Um, but in most cases, everyone starts at no. Yeah. <laughs> in this business. And and then maybe you get a yes. Um, so, um, you know, what is involved to try and actually get to a place where you can be um, uh, feel like you can find your your self worth even um, uh, based upon how much rejection one gets. And it's why, you know, so many actors uh, resort, I think, this is my personal opinion, to so many substances and 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 kind of uh, to try and deal with the, the complexity of the experience, right? Um, uh, as a as a way to sort of stave off the pain, uh, as it were, because it's challenging. It's really challenging. I My son years ago, uh, uh, I had dropped him off at preschool and, and, and apparently uh, his teacher said, uh, Django, um, son's name is Django, your dad looks familiar. What, what, what does he do? <laughs> and, and and he said, um, he auditions, <laughs> <I love it. laughs> which of course is what what he saw me doing, you know, because I'm I'm constantly, what, no matter what I'm doing, even if I'm working on something, I'm looking for more work. So anyway, uh, when I was about uh, 12, turning 13, uh, at this point, I'd done a bunch of plays at the Yale Rep. Um, uh, my mother was a professor at Yale, and I'd done some shows up there, and I'd done some other things. Um, and I, we were moving back from Connecticut to New York, and I decided I wanted to be an actor. And so at that point, it was my decision. I wanted to do it as a very precocious kid. I called a friend of my mother's who was in a wonderful show called The Rubber Bridegroom, and I said, you know, what do I do? And she said, well, here's my agent's phone number. Give him a call. So I called him, and I set up a time, and I I went over, I biked over to the east side and blocked up my bike and went upstairs and, and walked in. And um, and they sat down with me and they said, well, who was your representation before? And I said, representation? What's what's that? I don't know what that is. And and they said, uh, well, do you sing? And I said, yeah, I sing. And I'd been in a, in a boys choir uh, and I traveled to Canterbury Cathedral. It was a boy trouble. And I and I <laughs> and I broke into the boy trouble part of Handel's Messiah in their office. And they they hadn't any. Uh, child clients, but they decided to take me on. And 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 I got one of the first things they sent me out on, which was a Jell-O commercial, I think. And I got my SAG card. And so I, I was sort of off to the races at that point. And, and then I just began studying, um, just going to lots and lots and lots of classes. Um, New York is wonderful in that regard, where you have just sort of master teachers sort of available to you, you know, train right away. So that that's kind of where I started. And, and, um, uh, and I've been doing it sort of, uh, you know, as my, as my, you know, it's been my career for, you know, the, these, you know, many decades now. And I, and I, and I, and I'm so grateful. I mean, I'm, I, I know I'm so fortunate and I, I don't, I don't even necessarily know how to communicate how one does that. You know, there's no, yeah. there's no kind of, but, but again, um, one has to have that kind of, you have to be lit up uh, inside yourself and, yeah. and be able to kind of, drive you know drive drive the train i guess is a, in a way because because you will no matter what no matter how successful you are you will be um uh dealing with you know lots of no's and and how you then navigate that how you then you know are able to continue to sort of keep it moving forward how you're able to kind of uh, create a sense of kind of uh, momentum um despite the fact that there's um seemingly at times just no nowhere to turn um that 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 becomes then you know uh the test of character i think and then that's what sustains you yeah i love the innocence of children i have an eight-year-old and he's very similar 
you know, he kind of doesn't really know what I do, but he's like, my dad talks to famous people. And that's what he tells <laughs> Sweet. people that he sees on TV. Um, and he would know you uh, probably from once upon a time. Uh, you know, we just watched the new Pinocchio last night. So it's rather ironic that we're talking about this. A uh, couple last questions here. I know you have a busy day ahead of you, but you've played because you are just, I would say, a very vocational actor. You've had lots of different characters that you played when speaking of your child, you know, and the teachers saying he looks familiar. Is there a particular role that people when you are out in public or if you're doing like I don't know if you still do conventions or whatever, but the people kind of like pinpoint you to, is it, you know, is there something that, or does it depend on the age group or demographic who might run into you? Do they shout lines at you? I've, I've heard that happen for other people too. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. I mean, I, I, um, I mean, I was out at dinner last night and the, and the waiter uh, said, you know, how do I know you? You've been in everything. <laughs> um, and um and then I mentioned some of the things, you know, I, I'm, I mean, obviously Once Upon a Time was a huge successful network series that, you know, had a, you know, went on for seven years and then, which I, you know, I was involved in six of them. And I, and I, um, uh, it's sort of a, it's sort of a phenom that almost doesn't even happen right now, you know, to have a network show be that big. And it had such a kind of a international following, following and then it got put on Disney. Yeah. But sorry. It was almost a cult following. It was so huge yeah. what you guys were doing. Right. Right. It's just it was incredible. it was in, an incredible sort of lightning in a bottle thing. And and then of course it translated to Disney Plus. And so the whole next generation of people about it. Um, you know, once part of time, um Mass Effect, which is a, a video game that I did one, two, and three of, and, and I have a uh I play a character, Kate Nalenko, that um is uh, a, a romanceable character and and I think was one of the first characters where they allowed where, where they kind of allowed it's not the right word uh, where they finally uh, <laughs> uh, realized how important it was to be able to sort of embrace their entire audience and so they um, uh, they they gave a male male uh, relationship ability which was a big thing and a wonderful thing it was also a game that brought more women into gaming i think than any other game up until that point um because again these relationships and the wonderful writing um so these are two franchises that are they're kind of uh big and kind of commercial and, and as it were and and they just re-released mass effect as a legendary edition um just over this past year uh due to uh, Bioware, who's the company, I think, being uh, prescient about the pandemic and realizing that everyone was going to be stuck at home and they needed to re-release it um, <laughs> in 4K. But th those those two franchises are, I mean, look, I I go into everything that I do with everything that I have. Uh, there's not a lack of, um, you know, I, I love what I do. I I, I feel. Uh, so grateful and so privileged every day that I get to do it. And I am, uh, there's not one thing that I've, I, 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 I've ever phoned in. Um, but when lightning strikes, which happens, you know, it's just, who knows when it's going to happen, but when lightning strikes, it, it, it's sort of a, it's it, something becomes bigger than you ever imagined. And, and that's bigger than any one of us. Um, in both cases, I, I feel like I'm a small part of what the overall was, but I was a part of it. And, and I, and I am, um, 
it, it's a remarkable experience uh, to be to be sort of at the center of that. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I and I say this as we wrap here, you know, and I say this to everybody that I talk to, you know, your job is so markably different than what anybody else can do or whatever experience as an actor. You know what I mean? Because it's so I mean, even at the highest level, I've heard, you know, and I say that term just like, you know, whoever it's you just don't know you can't rest on your laurels you know what i'm saying even during the last two years when the world shut down you know you had some of these like massive people going this is crazy you know like i don't know if i'm ever going to work again you know what i mean um but uh thank goodness we came out of everything for the most part here and we're getting back people are putting content out I'm excited for these upcoming projects. And as a side note, if I saw you out in public, I mean, I, there's multiple things I would know you from. Um, I, <laughs> I was watching your demo reel before we talked. I, I do think you playing Bigfoot in an episode of Castle is pretty funny. Um, of course, you know, The Good Doctor, uh, New Amsterdam. I mean, a lot of things as of late, but even just going all the way back to Bates and to Criminal Mind I, or Murder in the First. I mean, just some very iconic roles and uh, i'm excited to see what's next and we're getting ready to introduce i mean introduce my eight-year-old to once upon a time now because it just showed up right. on disney and uh, he's become kind of curious about it so i haven't watched it in years so i'm excited to relive uh that series because it was just it was very groundbreaking though nothing had ever come about like it and you're taking these iconic stories uh fairy tales and you're blending them into uh real life which was very cool uh, and it was the thing about that show, which was so, which I, I got, uh, people said so often, which was that they got to watch it with their kids and that generationally the people gathered around it, kind of like the kind of the classic gathering around the fire to hear the story, yeah. you know, grandma who knew uh, these characters because she watched the original Disney movies and, and then, you know, mom and dad, and, and it was men and women who loved the show because it had something for both. Um, and of course, um, then the younger kids, it, it seemed to kind of play to a very wide audience, which again, in, in a fractionalized kind of, you know, uh, viewing audiences that we have, it was sort of unique. So it's great that you and your son get to sit down together. Yeah, and of course, why would Jiminy not be a psychologist or a psychiatrist? I mean, it makes it would make perfect sense. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time. I know you have a lot happening these days, and I thank you uh, for your time and your graciousness for uh, chatting with us today. Thank you so much for reaching out. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A mega proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care.